When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Courtside with Christy and Gabe right here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I am Christy Winter Scott, joined as always by my guy, Gabe Ibrahim. Gabe, oh my goodness. I don't even know where to start this week with all the commissioners come, campaigns, you know, teams moving and shaking up through the rankings. I don't know. I know where we're going to start. I know where we're going to start this week. Well, first off, subscribe because we're at 997 followers, by the way, or subscribers on YouTube. So subscribe, get us to a thousand because I am currently on air with a Hall of Famer, Christy Winters Scott, joining the Washington, D.C. Sports Hall of Fame. That's on Sunday at Nats Park. Uh, I didn't know about this. Cause she didn't tell me about this until now. No, so I'm glad I found out because I am so excited for you. Uh, you deserve this for so many things from your basketball career at South Lakes to what you did at Maryland, to being a coaching legend here in the area. Um, and every, obviously everything you do for the mystics and for women's basketball in general. And I am just really proud to be on this podcast with you. Oh, he gave, you know, I've known for a little while, but I'm not one to like spew things, but incredibly honored though I, you know just to not only be um recognized for all the things that i've done in my past but hopefully to propel young women to live in their passion and do it with purpose and i i don't do things have never done things for accolades whether playing coaching whatever being a mom, <laughs> but I think for me just to um, 
stand in that gap for, for young women to know that they can um, stay purposeful with what they want out of life and do it with love, compassion, and, um, and purpose, I think is, it's very emotional for me to think of it that way. Um, and the longevity of having my name amongst uh, the list of people in this area who have lived the same way with, uh, with purpose and intention. No, you're going in with a, a, a very cool class. I mean, one name that I recognize was Len Elmore. Um, oh, yeah. Cause you know, my dad actually grew up around here. So I heard about Len, or- Len Elmore <laughs> all the time and obviously seeing him on TV. Um, but you know, I'm just, it's, it's amazing. It's well-deserved. Uh, she doesn't do it for accolades folks. She does it for winning. And that's what Christy Winter Scott does. She wins. She's a, she's a winner. Uh, and, and this is a, a well-deserved honor for you. And we're all very excited for it. And she's also, by the way, just by the way, she's going to be doing game. You're going to be doing the game on Saturday, right? Or no, that's ESPN. Um, ESPN on Saturday. We have the game on Sunday. So game on right after. Yeah. So game on Sunday, uh, going to be going to Nats park, get inducted to the hall of fame, run over and do the game because that's what Christy does. If you know her, you know what I'm saying? She's always going, but yeah, I'm, uh, I just wanted to make sure we got your, your flowers here because you absolutely deserve it. I'm very excited to see it. Um, Thank you. a happy teammate on the sidelines. <laughs> uh, you. Speaking of someone who doesn't have happy teammates, <laughs> we got to talk about Liz Cambage. What a segue. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I think we said this a couple of weeks ago when, when this happened with Tina Charles, that we think she, she kind of quit on the team. Like the implication was that she just kind of quit on the team. Yeah. There's no implication here. Liz just straight up quit on the LA Sparks and is out of the building I, what was your initial reaction here? I, I, I wasn't like that surprised, but I was a little, the timing was a little shocked. I, you know, I, I don't get it. And everyone has their own rhymes and their own reasons. Okay. But man, I think I, I am like, I don't want to say disappointed, but I think that's the word that it has to be right now. I, I'm disappointed uh, that she couldn't just plow through and finish the season. And for a player of her caliber to say that it was her dream team to go to when she left Vegas, I I just thought that she would have more fire in the belly Mm -hmm. to to fight for that, right? Mm -hmm. Fight for that notion, Liz. And I know, you know, there may be things, again, that we don't know about. And I hope that she is okay. And I think that's my initial thing was my mind was blown, right? I had the mind blown emoji on Twitter and everywhere. And I saw it, I was like, wait, what? Hold on now, hold on now. She's mm-hmm. already played three quarters of the season. Uh, you know, can't you just <laughs> make a push for the playoffs? Team is in a, a great place to make the playoffs. They're, in, uh, you know, in the top eight right now. They can surge and and win half of their remaining games and make it right. Yep, and she's a big piece of that, and I don't understand what went into the decision. And I know now she's saying that she wants to do something other than basketball, which is that to me is shocking, right? The yeah. the shock wasn't it was disappointment when I heard that she wanted a, a contract divorce from the sparks and i don't like the wording of that and the verbiage but it is what we're using i guess now because that's in the cba i don't know maybe they need to redo that but anyway i have not found it in the cba just for just for the record i don't maybe again go to richard if richard says it's in the cba it's in the cba 
I've like done a lot of like searching through it. I can't find the actual word divorce. So I don't know what the verb, where that verbiage comes from, but that's, I don't that's like it. far afield. Um, I'm well, sorry, Sandra. Let's use it for, let's use it for the men too. If we're going to use that, let's oh, yeah. use it for, uh, um, you know, football, basketball, baseball and all that too. So anyway, um, uh, I digress a bit, but, or not anyway, but I'm thinking that initially the disappointment was was in place because I'm like, wow, you, you got to stick with your team just to finish it out. It's your dream place to be. Mm-hmm. Suck it up, buttercup, and keep it moving, okay? And then I was shocked about her not playing basketball anymore. Like, do you think that's true? Is she going to just hang up the shoes and go in another direction with DJing or whatever other interests she has? Uh, so, I, you know, I, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to sit here and say like, oh, Blizz is a terrible person or whatever. And, and that's not what no. we're saying. That's not what we're, we're saying. Not. Because that's everyone has to do what's what's right for them. And, you know, I, I don't want to sit here and tell people not to. If you're feeling uncomfortable in a situation, if you don't want to be there anymore, you're well within your rights to leave. However, I, I, I'm not shocked by the idea that she's not going to play basketball anymore because I don't think you can make this decision and love basketball. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because deep right. down at the core of basketball – you know, it's not all the numbers I like to bring up. It's not the wins and losses. It's like your bond with your teammates and your coaches, right? Like that's what right. makes basketball is playing together. Right. And I think if you love basketball, you love trying to do that. Sometimes it doesn't go well. Sometimes it, you're, sometimes you're mad at your teammates. Sometimes you don't like them, but the whole, the point of loving the game is to try to reach a point where you're having fun with the people around you playing basketball. So I right. don't think you can make a decision like this to just straight up leave a team and, and love basketball still. Like, you could look at what Tina did, right? Tina left for a better situation. Straight up. She left for a better situation because it, she wanted to get a ring. She's, it's not about her love of basketball or any of that. It's about, hey, I want a ring now, and I can do this. We already, we already said all the things we had to say about Tina. But I think for Liz, it was completely different because she was just like, I'm out. I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And I think to, to make that decision, you have to be done with basketball because – you can't, it just flies in the face of how we love the game. I think how most players love the game too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that being, I mean, like, also, it could be one of those things of her saying, well, I don't want you guys because you don't want me, right? Because, like, I don't think there's another team. That, there's not, I'll, I'll say, it, there was not another team that was going to be willing to pick her up this season. No, no. I don't think there was. So, you know, I don't know. We'll see. I, again, I'm with you. I hope she's okay. But yeah, I'm not shocked. I, I totally figured if she's quitting on this team, she's done with basketball because you, you just can't do it if you still love it. That's true. And and I think even with Tina, you know, switching teams, and I know we're done talking about Tina, but I was just want no, to add this in a little bit. Well, when they played Phoenix most recently and Diana Taurasi had six threes and Skylar Dickens-Smith was going crazy. 35. She was going crazy. <laughs> um, oh, and come on. Seattle lost that game. So. They lost that game, and they put Tina in the pick and roll like 20, like 15, 15 of Skylar's <laughs> points were straight up because Tina was on her. Yeah, switches. Yep. They, they counted on that switch, and then the LeBron retweet of the, you know, the slow-mo of yeah. Sky, you know, backpedaling with the uh, insanity uh hand movements there. I don't know. Hey, uh, you know, to each their own. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. I don't care what reasoning. I just, I could not, like you said, going back to Liz, I could not leave my team like that. 
And I don't know like the inner workings of the locker room, what conversations, if there was a level of disrespect, I don't know. And I'm not saying that there was, I'm just saying if there are reasons that we are not privy to, we don't know, yeah. okay? So for me, I'm saying if I'm in the locker room and there was some level of disrespect that I felt like a personal thing mm-hmm. or a vibe that was off or you know something that I couldn't recover from and I had to separate myself from to be at peace with myself, all right. But we don't know what it was. <laughs> so to be speculative is not fair to Liz, right? Mm-hmm. But it's also not fair for us as basketball fans, you know, to be on the outside of that, looking in, wondering what happened to this teammate. And and for us to love the game the way that we do and to have passion for the game the way that we do, I mean, it's unfathomable, like you said, to put the shoes on the hook and walk away and not come back to it. I mean, I don't get it. Like, I, I couldn't do it. If I'm in no. the prime of my career, I'm on the team that I said, this is the dream team. I wanted to always play in LA. And, and, and the list goes on and on about the positives and the pros of that. Pros, and you could take that how you want it. Uh, you, you, you don't do that. No. You don't do it. Straight you, up. You, you just do not, period. You just don't do it. Well, and I didn't do it. And to be fair to Liz, I think one of the things that may have happened is, you know, in life, sometimes you're just on the wrong career path and you don't realize it until you get to the job you thought was perfect for you. Um, As someone who has changed career paths, I can, I can attest to this. Like you get somewhere, you think, oh, this is going to be great. This is going to be a good fit. This could be everything I want. You get there and it's not what you expect. And you're like, wow, I just don't, I straight up don't like this anymore. And I don't want to do it. So to be fair to Liz, like, I think that happens. It's, it's just like, I, I'm, I, you know, like, like we just said, the, the entire point of loving basketball is loving the idea of team. And I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't just with, without like something happening or something changing in my, in my life, I couldn't just be like, you know, I'm out guys, especially right. when we're trying to do something, you know, right. it, you know, it's just, what I, let's, I, I want to talk a little bit about how this is going to affect um, yeah. the on-court stuff for Los Angeles, because it's obviously what's going to be the biggest concern for them going forward. They're not going to be concerned with Liz all that much. Um, and I'm not sure this, like, obviously it hurts them because there's a lot of points off the board. So someone's going to need to step up. Um, but I'm not sure how much it hurts them because they do have Chanea Gumake. And before the season, we already said, wow, this team has so many players, especially so many players in the post, that Liz is going to kind of gum things up for them. And she kind of did. I mean, she played she played pretty well at times too, but I think this is going to open up their their roster for a little bit more flexibility in terms of what they can do. And I think you know if Chanae stays healthy and, and plays um, at the level that we know she can, and and she's been playing pretty well lately, I, yeah. I don't see why this couldn't be a big step forward. And I, and also Olivia Nelson Adota has come into her own a little bit, not offensively, still not there offensively, but her defense has gotten better to the point where you feel comfortable putting her in there. So. I just don't think it's going to hurt them that much. I mean, I think I think it will a, a little bit, like okay. you said, um, just the way that they can play schematically, mm-hmm. offensively and defensively, and maybe there are some subtle changes in that regard without her presence in the paint. And so mm-hmm. I think to say that it's going to be the same, I don't know if that's true. I think, you know, if I'm coaching against them, and I think that's how I'm approaching this, if I'm coaching against LA and they don't have Elizabeth Cambage in the middle, 
I'm thinking of other things that I am focusing on yeah. in terms of my attack, right? In terms of my defense, we were just talking about how Tina Charles is putting the pick and roll for 15 <laughs> of Skylar Diggins-Smith's point. So there are, there are things in that regard, tactically speaking, that you're going to change. I mean, yeah. if you're coming in with a scouting report now on LA, some things are going to change because of her um, not being there. So yes, Shanae, um, if she can stay healthy, because yeah. you know she has been tremendous. She's had several double doubles this season and has been really terrific, especially defensively. I think just really active and communicative in that way. But I also think um, Nelson Adota. I and I know you said offensively she hasn't really come into her own like consistently. Yeah. But there were a couple moves this past week where I was like, "Who was that? Oh, that was Olivia." And, you know, so I, she's getting it. I think she's yeah. becoming more comfortable as a rookie uh, to find her niche on the offensive end. And I think it was a fast break situation or, or a quick hit in their secondary offense where she made a really strong move it was on the right block. And it was just really, really quick, quick snap to the rim and, and finished it nicely and, and traffic a little bit. So, I mean, she's coming along in that way, but they're going to need everything from her. I think her minutes are going to be maximized, obviously mm -hmm. now um, the absence of Kim Beige, but can Shanae Ogumake stay healthy? I think it's going to be the key. I mean, we know NECA has been playing great all season long. I mean, her name has been mentioned in the top three for MVP this season uh, throughout. Uh, yeah. And she's already been MVP. So we've seen this from NECA before, but now she's 100% healthy too, right? So I think in the last couple of seasons, she hasn't been 100% healthy, but now, you know, to see her playing at her best, you know, this year, I think is really fun to watch. So I think, you know, they have something to play for, like you said. And like we've said, they, they still have meat on the bone in terms of making that push for the playoffs, but Shanae Gumake's health has got to be there. And then Nelson Adota, you know, she's got to keep coming. You know, as a rookie, she's got to keep learning. She's got to keep pressing. And now she'll have more time to do that on the court. And this could also serve as like a, a rallying point. Like we've seen this in Phoenix and we can talk about yeah. Phoenix because Phoenix is interesting. Yeah. They've taken that whole Tina Charles thing and really used it to, you know, push themselves to another level. And they're all playing big minutes. But I think um, anger is, all, is a very good motivating factor. Yeah, that's the uh, galvanizer. Hate, I guess hating is the right word. Hating, hating on someone is a really good motivating factor uh, if you need it. And I think this could serve as a, as a nice motivating factor for the Sparks. Also, I think just not like there was a report from Chris Haynes uh, about what had happened in the locker room. Uh, and apparently, you know, Liz was like complaining about not getting enough touches and they want to need, they need to run post-ups for her. Not having that presence uh, could be a stabilizing factor in terms of their offense, because now you don't feel like you have to do one certain thing. Certainly NECA, should get the ball more, but it's like it, it, she's not going to be the person who's going to sit there and throw a monkey wrench to everything. So your offense is a little bit more open when you don't have a player um, who's complaining about not getting the ball enough. So right. I, I don't, it's not, it's not like what you want um, in LA, uh, but I don't think it's that bad of a, of a thing. And, you know, I think if you weren't, if you weren't at least somewhat conceptually preparing for the, the possibility that Liz, you know, with either, not show up or, or not uh, give her yeah. full uh, this season. I think you're wrong because on this very podcast, when she got signed to LA, we told you there's been these issues before. Um, so I, I think they maybe were kind of preparing themselves for this. So hopefully um, they can kind of continue going because they've been playing pretty well lately. And I, I think they have a really good shot at making the playoffs. 
Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, obviously with Vegas and, and Becky Hammond kind of changing the entire uh, focus offensively and defensively for that team, you know, taking all the threes, but also locking it in on the defensive end. You know, a lot of people are, are kind of saying, well, Vegas is better with Liz not there. Right. But it's also a different philosophy. It's also a different, you know, approach to the game. However, uh, you know, she has always been, I mean, when she was in Dallas, it was Skylar Diggins Smith. Yeah. That's the first option. That's the first touch in the offense. Like we're going there first. If we don't get sky, then we're going in the lids. Okay. Then she goes to Vegas and then it's like, well, Asia Wilson, MVP. Right. It's just, you know what I mean? It just seemed like she was always bridesmaid kind of thing. So then now she goes to LA and then it's neck is going through NECA first. Yeah. So maybe there's like, you know, something about not, um, let me make, make sure my words come out. Right. Something about not being that first option may not be what she wanted out of that experience in LA. Yeah. I mean, you, I, there I said it. I but mean, you know, with Net- she wants to be option one and, and sometimes you're not. But I think with Deal all with of those it, players, play. with, all, with all three of those players, if you show up and you are more efficient, whatever, whatever, like those three players, they just want to win. They know they're going to get theirs. That's why, right. that's why, that's why Liz had her best year with Skylar. It's because they, you know, they get, she could get her the ball and she just wanted to win. And so like, I think, you know, if you show up in shape and dominating, guess what? Those players are going to defer or give you the ball more. Like that's, I don't know, whatever, man. Good good luck to Liz. Uh, I I mean, I I just, it's frustrating. I mean, you can be a, a star role player and it's okay. Be a star in your role. We've said it a hundred times on here. Be a star in your role. You don't have to be the number one option all the time. But guess what? You're going to be number one because you're playing your best in your in the role that the team needs from you. So be that. You got and it. That's all I have to say about it's, it. I it's think. about winning. Like if you're, it's really like, are you about winning or not? It's not difficult to tell these things. If you're about winning, we can see it. If you're not, well, you're probably not winning. Um, and you're probably, probably leaving. Um, and you're probably leaving. So that that'll be a, it for Liz on this uh, on this podcast for a while. Um, luckily, uh, now I do want to get onto some other news. Um, you know, we can kind of go through this quickly. Uh, there has been an update in the Brittany Griner um, situation yeah. in Russia. Uh, it seems a little hopeful, a little hopeful, but um, the U.S. State Department has said that they have offered a deal to get both um, Brittany and the other man who I'm blanking on his name right now, uh, who are who are political prisoners in Russia, out of Russia, they, they've offered a a prisoner swap, which is how these things go. Um, right. I've been reading a little bit uh, about how this doesn't usually get publicized, um, so this may be in an, an area where uh, the U.S. is trying to put uh, pressure on Russia or just trying to show people that they're doing something and they're at least doing something. Um, there's also some you know uh, revelations in her testimony about how there was not due process when she was. Um, arrested and you know the things that you that would be hallmarks of an American justice system obviously we're not there in Russia because they were trying to put her in jail um right. so I you know that came out I it said it's allegedly not going to like affect her sentencing um and I would be prepared to be shocked about the sentencing because I'm sure it's going to be long but 
that's really going to be just a, a leverage point in the negotiations here. So obviously, you know, we're just still hoping for a very a speedy um, and safe resolution here. And it seems like we're moving in the right direction towards Brittany Griner coming home. Right. And, and to read, you know, just a, a little bit that I've been reading over the last couple of days with that news breaking about Brittany is that, you know, Russia said they didn't want any fanfare. Right. If that does happen and she is released, they don't want fanfare. But I mean, have you seen the cameras every time she goes around that corner to go up the steps? Yeah. I, there's probably 50 people standing there with cameras in her face. So how are they going to, how are they going to no, really hold one. people to that? How are they going to hold the media to that? Because they're already there. So that's, to me, that's a little concerning and it's a little scary because they're like, we don't want the fanfare, but I'm like, fanfare is already there. Like, how do you cancel that out? At first it was like, okay, we're going to low key it. We're not going to talk about it. And then the family was like, no, let's talk about mm -hmm. it. So then on the SBs and everywhere else and the NBA players, everybody's talking about it. You know, Don Staley every day is talking about like, okay, now if she gets released, we can't say anything about it. Like, I'm a little nervous on what that's going to look like, feel like. So I'm just happy that, that, you know, that they seem to be moving in the right direction to get her home safely. But I don't want anything to mess it up. Like, yeah, no. and I don't know what the rules are, like, to, you know, the fanfare that they're speaking of. Like, what does that actually entail? And how does well, that keep Brittany safe? on her way back here, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, you have to remember that everything that Russia says um, is, a well, the vast majority of things that Russia says is a lie. Um, they, of course they want fanfare. That's why they, I mean, took hostage. I'll just say it. They took her hostage. They wanted the fanfare for it. They want to, what they want to do with that statement was, you know, say, oh, the U.S., look at them. Like, this is all a game to them or whatever. That's mm. all they wanted to say was like, oh, the U.S. has made this public. Well, we don't want that. You know, we're better than that. Um, oh. They just want to embarrass the United States as much as they possibly can on the international stage. They also probably don't want it out there that they're considering, um, you know, trading prisoners for a person whose name is the merchant of death. Uh, he's an arms dealer um, and they need him back because they need arms. So that's why they want him back. Um, but, you know, I, I think we're moving in the right direction. And honestly, if as long as uh, Brittany gets home safe, that's the only resolution we need for the situation. Then, you know, we'll see what the rest of it is. I, I think it will happen. Uh, I've said that on this. I've said that every time we talk about this, yep. it's going to happen. She's going to be back here um, soon. I, I think it's, it's moving in the right direction. I just, there, we can't, I, I don't know how many more words, how many ways I could say I'm feeling bad for her and I'm sad. I'm scared, but. It is scary. Scary is like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I just want her to get back safely. And that's it. Whatever, whatever it takes to get her here. And she will. She will. Um, let's uh, move on. More not great news. Um, I just wanted to bring this up because we talked about her last week. Uh, Bria Hartley. Uh, yeah. She had just signed with the Connecticut Sun, gotten some nice minutes, played some, played a decent role, and then uh, goes down with a knee injury. It comes out that she's going to miss the rest of the season with a torn ACL. The only little... Uh, maybe i mean obviously you never want to turn acl but at least it's not on the same leg that she tore her other acl um which kept her out to the last basically two seasons um right. just so tough so tough for her and you know i just want to extend all, all of our well wishes to her and her road back because she had already gone through a very tough road back and to come back and to find the role and to be on a team that's competing for a championship and then for this to happen 
uh, it's just tough. So I hope she's doing okay. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe that. I was so sad to see that she is injured and she's going to be out again. I mean, when she was injured initially in Phoenix, in Bradenton, Florida, mm -hmm. in the bubble, you know, she was having a career year statistically yeah. across the board. So it was, oh, that was, that was really sad because they really needed her that season. And it was just tough to see her go out. But then, you know, she's been trying to get her way back and just to go out again. But and just knowing her, I mean, she spent some time with the Mystics mm -hmm. and, and just getting to know her while she was here. I mean, she was working out when she was five months pregnant, six months pregnant. I mean, yep. with her belly showing and everything, I'm going through a full workout. So I know how tough she is. I know that this setback is setting her up for another strong comeback, but it is just disheartening um, for Bria just to be, you know, just to be trying to get back again and, and to be knocked back a couple steps. Yeah, no, I just, I, I hope she's, she's uh, dealing with the mental aspect of this because Obviously, she does know how to come back from an ACL. I mean, there's a silver lining there, and that you know what the rehab's going to be like. You know what's ahead of you, uh, especially since it's on the other knee. There's not as much concern um, yeah. about the structural issues, although I don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, the other thing about injuries, too, is like when you – like, obviously, yes, it's on the other knee, but you never quite know how the first injury affected the second injury because you, when you come back from one injury, you're probably – you know, you're favoring one side, you've changed the way you walk, you're doing, you know, you're trying to think of the way you walk. And, and this, you know, we went through this with Elaine Deldon last yeah. year is just, you know, learning how to incorporate that into a basketball game can sometimes lead to an injury on the other side. Uh, obviously I'm not a doctor. So this is just stuff I've, I've heard from, <laughs> from sure. sports doctors sure. in the past. It's like, yeah, it's just tough. So at, at the very least, uh, you know, we got to see some uh, that she still has some of it and she could still play. And so hopefully she right. gets back. And it won't, you know, she knows what's ahead of her and she can come back. Um, you know, it's usually a year long injury though. So I, she'll maybe back by the end of next year, maybe most faster, who knows, but for Connecticut, um, I think it's a pretty big loss because, you know, as we met, as we talked about, when we talked about Bria the first time they needed depth, they needed, yeah. they needed players to count on. Um, yeah. and now you're kind of, you know, Kurt Miller's in the situation where he has to say, okay, am I going to, how am I going to manage this bench? Cause we do need minutes now from, Nia Cloud and we're going to need some more minutes from Joyner Holmes and you know obviously this top the top six player five players in this team are unstoppable right. it's can you get them there healthy and ready for the playoffs um and now John Cole Jones is back from COVID had a minutes mm -hmm. restriction but I think that's going to start start slowly slowly going away right um so we'll see but it, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how Kurt manages his minutes late in the year Right. And I mean, we're not even talking about Jasmine Thomas also being out. I mean, this team has really been trying to cover the holes in the boat, as I like yeah. to say, with some band-aids, man. And it's just been really frustrating. But they've they've managed, they've found a way, mm -hmm. you know, Alyssa Thomas with the first triple double in and Connecticut Sun history. I mean, there are players who are doing their due diligence and working extremely hard uh, to make up for the fact that they are now lacking even more so in mm -hmm. the depth um, category for the team pushing towards the playoffs here. And, and what you want is your health. I mean, at this juncture of the season, you want to have all your cards in the deck. You want to have all your chess pieces in the box ready to go. And right now, I know Kurt Miller is, is totally disappointed in, um, in those two in particular uh, with their experience level also with, 
you know, their, their leadership qualities too, that they provide to the team. So they can still do that, obviously, without being on the court. Yeah. I think it's really going to be a challenge for them to sustain themselves. I mean, everyone else is going to have to play bigger minutes now um, on the perimeter. Heidemann, like she's going to have to play bigger mm -hmm. minutes and um, we'll see what that looks like for them. But I, you know, they're up for the challenge, I believe. Yeah. I mean, I think at this point though, it, it is going to be a lot more about managing minutes. Like, because yeah. that's been, a, that's been the problem for both Connecticut and Las Vegas is when they get yeah. to the playoffs, you know, it, it's just, they kind of, they, they've run out of steam in the past couple of years. Um, and so they need to make sure those minutes are, are clean going into the playoffs. And um, hopefully there, there's a way to manage them because, you know, uh, Alyssa Thomas, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think you could sit Aly Alyssa Thomas. I feel like. No, I wouldn't. Hey, she's, a, <laughs> she's a player. I'd be afraid to right. sit. No, I'm not taking her <laughs> unless she's in foul trouble or she tweaks something. <laughs> guess what? You're not coming off the floor. I mean, <laughs> sit. can be mad if they want to be mad. Listen, she's not coming out. She does too many things well for the team. And it's not like, you know, for me, you know, having coached for a, a long time, Mm -hmm. You know, the question sometimes is, why does she never come out? Right. Or, you know, well, she made a mistake. Why did she stay in? Right. I'm like, because she didn't make seven of them in a row. That's exactly. why she's not in. Right. She'll make one mistake, but then do eight things. Great. Right. Yeah. But then someone else may come in and do seven things wrong. You got to come out because you're hurting us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's all relative. So don't ask that question unless you want to hear the, the brutal honesty of what that entails. No one's perfect. We get it. But if your plus is is plusing and your yeah. negative is negativing, <laughs> negating, <laughs> negating. There you go. Hey, good. Thank you. Uh, but guess what? If that's happening, hey, you're playing. And you're not coming off the floor. You're not coming off. That's. I mean, I would never take her out. That's Man, just me. I'm looking at. I'm looking at the minutes for Alyssa Thomas. They are substantial, folks. Thank it's you. just like it's. It's so. And and she's she's a beast, but she has not played less than thirty two minutes uh, hmm. since July seventeenth. And she should be playing that many minutes. I know, hmm. I know. I just get worried. <laughs> I get worried. I get worried because you know I want to see this team um, full throttle in the playoffs. Um, yeah. So I, it it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see if, how Kurt uh, manages his instincts here. But they still have a lot to play for. Um, you know that this this whole. The whole league basically is still fighting for playoff position because you have the yeah. top five teams with Chicago and Las Vegas, two teams I want to talk about now for, with the Commissioner Cup Finals, Connecticut, Seattle, and Washington. And all of those teams are, you know, it's 21 wins to 17 wins in that group. So it's easily that any of those teams can move up or down. The Mystics yeah. hoping to move up until the three spot. Connecticut probably hoping to move up into the one or two. You know, Seattle mm -hmm. hoping to move up into the three. Like we've mentioned before, you definitely don't want to be in that four or five spot. So Connecticut still has a ton to play for. So does Washington, so does Seattle, and so does Vegas and Connecticut. Because, you know, I mean, Chicago. Because any little slide moves you back. And then on the other end, as we mentioned with the playoff teams, like L.A., Dallas, Atlanta, and Phoenix all have 12 wins right now. Right. Um, New York and Minnesota have kind of fallen off since we praised them in our power rankings yeah. and they have 10 wins. So there's still in it. It's just the whole league still has so much to play for. So I think the, end, the last stretch can be really great. Um, right. But it is going to be on, there's going to be an onus on Connecticut to see if how much it's worth having the three seed versus having your team be rested heading into the playoffs. Tired. Yeah. That dance. Yeah. 
No, it makes sense. But I mean, adrenaline is, is something that you, know, you have to count on to. I mean, the way that they went out last year after, you know, being hopeful for a title, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, I think that can also be measured as well. Throw that, throw that in, throw adrenaline in, throw, you know, you have another opportunity in, you know, there's, there's a lot to postseason besides, you know, your physical rest. I think a lot of it is your mentality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think they have a couple logs on that fire that, you know, they, they want to redo from last year and they may not have the, you know, Jasmine Thomas or now uh, Bria Hartley on the floor. They have their mentality and trust and believe they haven't forgotten the possibility of that title last year and it going right through their fingers. Yeah, no, they, they will. I, I think they're going to be up um, and, they, and at least they'll have the chemistry, um, even yeah. if they're a little tired. Uh, okay. I'm going to move on to the commissioner cup finals. Yeah. Um, let's talk about it. Cause I thought it was very interesting. A 93, 83 win for the Las Vegas aces over the Chicago sky uh, Vegas. I think how, what, what, the, what was the lead they got out to? Uh, oh, I don't know. It was like 50-11 to like four or something like that. I don't know. It was like an onslaught. I they was like, scored what the first 13 points of the game. So it's 13-0. Yeah. And then they eventually got all the way up to like 25-4. to four, Seems to be about the peak yeah. here. Uh, and then it was 30-something. They had 36 in the first quarter at the end of the quarter. Their biggest uh, – yeah, yeah, they had – they scored 33 points in the first quarter. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> They, their biggest lead was by 23 points and they held on to it. Although Chicago did come back at times um, yeah. like we saw in their last game that they played against each other, Vegas got out to a big lead, not quite as big. I think it was only about 10 points then. Uh, and then Chicago eventually fought their way back. And that was mm-hmm. without, I believe, uh, Courtney Vandersloot in that game. Right. So you, you look at it and I was kind of wondering when the other shoe was going to drop for yeah for uh las vegas when was chicago going to make their comeback and yeah they had some big runs they had a 10-0 run to begin the second half they had a you know an 8-0 run right after that huge run by uh las vegas to start the game got them back into it they just couldn't chip away and i think one of the things that caused them to lose this game is the most concerning thing about this team right now is that they were six for 30 from three 20 percent they have not been shooting the ball well since the all-star break I'm yeah. starting to get a little concerned about it because I think that's what cost them this game. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I think the reason that the Las Vegas Aces got out to the lead that they got out to, uh, they had a couple of the players mic'd up. They had uh, Candace Parker mic'd up, and they mm-hmm. also had Asia Wilson mic'd up. And uh, Dawn Staley was on the call. Who She was hilarious. Yeah, I loved she was it. Fantastic. <laughs> she was so good. And then I think Asia Wilson's comment at the beginning of the game, she said – let's let's i'm not gonna directly quote what she said because they've actually let slip out there um twice twice. (laughs) Twice. i was like oh i was like oh um but she said let's let's mess them up early yeah and and get this game let's mess them up early and get this game and sometimes when you start the way that the vegas aces started hey it's, it's tough to recover like you said and you know, I think in the final three quarters, Chicago outscored Las Vegas mm-hmm. by nine in those three quarters. And it was the first full game that Courtney Vandersloot had played in since coming back from concussion protocol and some symptoms there. So she had gone through practice 
and everything like that. And I think it, it took her a little time to get acclimated to a game pace against uh, someone else other than practice players or our yeah. teammates, whatnot. And, you know, she didn't really get a full game obviously under her belt. So I think that that kind of showed up a little bit and in, in just trying to reacclimate Courtney Vandersloot to the group, right? Um, yep. But it was also, like you said, they weren't they weren't making shots. I mean, that's a, I can hear Mike Tebow in my head right now. Got to make shots. Yeah, you got to make shots. And, uh, you know, six for 30 is not going to cut it. I don't care if it's the commissioner cup or the teacup. And <laughs> you just got to be able to, you got to be able to make a bucket. And it wasn't like they were getting bad looks or forcing the yeah. looks that they got from three. I would say, you know, maybe 20 of them were really clean, makeable shots and maybe 10 of them, you know, because they were trying to get back, you know, with threes, not twos. Some of them may have been forced a little bit, but I think the majority of them were good looks yeah. and they just didn't get them to fall. So um, kudos to Vegas though. I mean, they did what they had to do defensively to be disruptive in that manner as well. So it's not just they were missing wide open looks. You know, I think Las Vegas, they've really done a good job defensively and uh, taking some of those easy, clean looks away or, or getting a hand up and disrupting rhythm of those shots. No, they were definitely more active. Uh, Vegas in, in this in the second half was just much more active than they were uh, in the first in that first game in the second yeah. half of that one. Um, and, you know, they did get out to shooters, but I'm with you. I mean, they just, they're, look, you got to make, make, make shots in this game, um, especially in this league, because there are times where it's just like, okay, the only thing that really pushes us here is a three. If we hit a three, changes the entire momentum, right? If we're right. down, if we're down seven and we hit a three and we're within four, it, 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 it jolts you up a little bit instead of, okay, we're down seven and we just missed a wide open three right. for the eighth time this game. Um, right. And I think that's so demoralizing on, on what's happening in Chicago right now. And I think, like you mentioned, Courtney Vandersloot coming back is going to be huge for that. She, yeah. you know, she yeah. puts people in the right spot and yeah. there's just subtle differences. Um, they, you know, I, I think all basketball players know this. If you're not a basketball player like me, I played one time <laughs> with uh, William Mary, the, the leading scorer in William Mary's history came to the gym. He played, I mean, that guy put the ball like here, right in the shooter's pocket. I hit like a 35, I had like a 30 footer. Because I was like, this pass is too good. I think it changes a shooter when the pass comes to the, the perfect spot. And that's what Courtney yeah. Vandersloot does. Um, yeah. That's what great passers do across basketball. LeBron James has always talked about that, knowing where his players, where his teammates like to get the ball. Right. Um, and so hopefully that changes things. But I mean, right now, since the All-Star break, shooting 26% from three, worse than the league. And they're, and they're shooting fine from other places, like their true shooting percentage is fourth, their e-field percentage is fourth. So it's not... They're not struggling from everywhere. They're just struggling from three. Right. And I think that just kind of pushes them behind the eight ball against teams like um, Las Vegas. So hopefully uh, uh, Courtney Vanders who helps that. I did also want to mention the, the, it was really funny in the fourth quarter, they had James Wade mic'd up. Oh yeah. And, and you know, we know James is a great analytical coach. Like he knows the numbers, right? And we all know that three is worth more than two. That's why we take a lot of threes now. Uh, and he was, he like yelled at us. He was like, I don't want to see another three pointer. The ball has to touch the paint on every single possession. <laughs> and I was just like, I was really surprised, but I can understand the frustration. So hopefully I get that figured out. Yeah. I mean, you know, if they're not falling, right. And yeah. even if you are behind by a lot, you can't knock a home run in every possession down the floor. You got to go for some singles, man. And I think that's what he was basically saying. Like we got to go in to the paint 
first. And I think that's how they got back into it too. You know, they got back into that game and cut it to single digits in the fourth quarter because they did what their coach asked of them, mm-hmm. you know, it was go higher percentage. So uh-huh. I don't know. It, it, it was, it was frustrating to see, and hopefully they can write that ship before the playoffs and, and maybe not take as many since you're not making as many. So you don't have as many empty possessions, uh, you know, from missing them at shooting 26% on the season. So, no, so the last in the last, like since the all-star. Oh, since all-star. Yeah. Still. I mean, that's not a good momentum. Um, if you want that. So, I mean, if you can take away some of those empty possessions, I think would be good. Yeah. 26 cents all-star break yeah yeah, yeah. I, I think so but also just 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 make them it seems <laughs> i mean i know it's an easy solution but make your threes really helps all the, everything you're gonna do if you make yeah. your threes um also though because they went in the paint so much more it was really funny because i believe like right after james wade said that yeah. um like asia wilson just sent a shot to uh, into the crowd um yeah. she had six blocks insane we should we gotta talk about mvp um, yeah, and uh, we've Asia <laughs> Wilson's gonna be brought up many, many times in the MVP. Um, I believe the MVP for this game though was Chelsea Gray, which is interesting. Um, I find yeah. with it, you could have given it to any of those starters. Yeah, I, I really thought Plum was gonna get it the way she was shooting the leather off the ball, especially in the first quarter. I'm like, what? she's a machine, like she, was, she machine. was not missing. And some of those shots were so tough. It wasn't like she was standing out there, you know, at an amusement park mm-hmm. popping them you know, on a Sunday afternoon. She was under duress for half of them. She had a hand in her face for the other half. And I'm like, okay, she, she got loose. And I, I was really impressed with her game. No. And Jackie, Jackie Young also played really well. Jackie I mean, Young defensive. Was, yeah. Oh yeah. This team is good folks. The team is good. As it turns out, the best team in WNBA is good. <laughs> not bad not bad no they're, they're excellent and it was fun i mean to see becky hammond celebrating too and i i did not know her knees were that good go uh-huh, ahead right. uh, becky hammond in the locker room. but you know it's just fun to see and then Teresa place on also um did was you, a part of that team and and that did, was cute did you see was, kathy come out with the the mini trophy <laughs> i did that was but amazing. it was in the in tiffany and company box man oh that was amazing blue box i was like oh they got in the blue box okay tiffany and company and then it was still a little thing that was it a good was, bit it was it was a great day I, I think it was it was great for the league i think you know it, it sets a precedent for the nba who is now you know thinking about mm-hmm. doing something like that adam silver has said so i just love it that it's a win-win for the community to win-win for um the charitable contribution, uh, the charitable contributions of it all, but also um, it gives the players, you know, an extra incentive, not just to go out and play a game. It's yeah. like, we're trying to take home 30 grand a piece, like 30 grand on that's one night. Like, that's, that's a good, that's a good deal. So uh, a lot of people point out that for the rookies on Vegas, this is like half their salary. So <laughs> this, is good. This, is, yeah. this is solid guys go, go out. Not Don't bad. spend it all in one place, but you can, if you spend <laughs> it in three places, I think that's fun. If you need recommendations, <laughs> if you need recommendations in Miami, let me know. <laughs> I got it for you guys. I would definitely spend it in one place. That thing will be gone. I'm telling you that right it, now. We'll spend it on our, uh, on our trip to Paris. That's what I was going to say. 2024, lock it in. Courtside in Paris. All right. What <laughs> do you right. want to talk about here? I got two more topics. We probably got time for one more. Okay. Um, 
we have the playoff right. race. So we could kind of, we did kind of talk about this already um, in that we talked about Los Angeles. You know, we could, I, I should I want to take back some of my comments about Minnesota, New York. Um, or we could talk about Sue Bird's last trip to DC. Uh, she's coming here for two games this weekend. Uh, I'm really excited for it. Uh, I'm sure you are too. So I, whichever way you want to go, I'm down. I want to go with Sue Bird, Sue. man. I mean, she broke the assist record here in DC mm -hmm. uh, a couple of years back. So I just think that it's just right for her to be coming to DC for a back-to-back -back weekend doubleheader here in DC. Uh, ESPN has the coverage Saturday. We have the coverage on Sunday and I know it's sold out. I know it's been, you know, all the rest of the games, I think for the Mystics here at home are sold out, which is all great. Right. Yeah great for the uh mystics fans but just to have sue bird in the house i you know and just to give her her flowers up close and personal i think it's going to be really fun to watch yeah and they did a, they did a really really nice th uh presentation for sylvia and yeah. god she's just the nicest person <laughs> i i i you know i hope she i feel like still could be someone who like sneaks back into uh away from the spotlight when she's done playing i hope she doesn't because i want to see more of her um if she wants to start a podcast here in the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network, I'd love to have her. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I would love it. I would love it. She's just such a special uh, person. And I think, you know, I know that um, Cheryl Reeve said the same thing. I know Mike Tebow said the same thing. I know that when Mike Tebow was with USA Basketball, that Sylvia's mom and Nancy Tebow became really great friends. Oh, really? And, oh, yeah. And, I, you know, when she ran over to Nancy you know, um, at the Mystics game and gave her a hug. I saw the tears in Nancy's eyes because they're, they're very close over the years for a number of reasons. And I, I just, I just loved to see that, you know, that extension of, of compassion and, and respect was very sweet. Basketball is so cool, especially in like this in, <laughs> in the WNBA and in women's basketball in particular, it just feels really um, familial. Like everyone's <laughs> just so like willing to help and, and hug each other. So I don't yeah. know. Still, still deserve those flowers. Sue's gonna deserve those flowers too. I didn't, I didn't mean to make it seem like Sue's like ah, Sue, Sue Bird, what a meanie. Uh, no, no, Sue seems great. Uh -huh. But uh, just you know, we, I forgot. I don't know if we talked about that when Sil came to town. It was just very touching. Uh, see, yeah. I'm sure it's gonna be touching um, for Sue too. And guess what? These games are very important. They are really, really important. As I just, as we just talked about, Mystics are uh, a game back. It might be two games back because they're a game back in the win column, game back in the loss column. So you're two games back. So uh, winning these two games would, if you're doing the math here, folks, uh, would put them above the storm. We give them a tiebreaker. So these games are massive. Um, yes. So I'm expecting not only great moments for Sue, uh, mm -hmm. but some really, really good games uh, from the from these two teams. And it may be a playoff preview as well. Absolutely. And I think for Washington, I mean, last week's win over New York was was humongous as well, yes. just to gain some leverage. I mean, they, they won four out of five to that point. Mm -hmm. uh, so their momentum is is swinging in the right direction. I know that Elena Deladon will be out when they play the Dallas Wings uh, tonight on mm -hmm. Thursday night here. And, you know, they need this win, too. But, you know, this weekend with those back to backs at home. I think there's a, it's a great opportunity for the Mystics to gain some ground there. They're sitting in the five spot right now. If they can move to three, as we've said, you know, I think that would be ideal. Um, if they can't get it, that's whatever, but they really have an opportunity against Dallas and the two games against Seattle to make some moves in that direction. Yeah. And 
finish the season off in a strong manner, the regular season. Yeah, no, and I think this game against Dallas is a big deal um, because it's gettable. It's one of these games that, yeah. you know, you, you kind of have to count on. Obviously, you rather have Elena Dell down there. She's been amazing since uh, the she All-Star had. break. Yes. But you need to get some of these games where she's out, and they were pretty good about that early in the season, and it's kind of right. fallen off late. Um, so I think getting this one, a winnable game at Dallas without Elena Deladon would be huge. Um, right. and, and, and it's totally possible. I mean, Satsu Sabli's out. Uh, Awaku year is doubtful, I believe, for tonight's doubtful. game. You may, you may have already watched this game, so we're sorry for giving you a preview <laughs> for a game that already happened. Um, but, you know, there, there's going to be opportunities there uh, for whoever's playing the four, whether it's Elizabeth Williams or Mae Shines Allen to get on the offensive glass, wreak havoc. And this defense for Washington – yeah, uh, I was, I've pulled up, I pulled up the stats since the all-star break. Obviously that's why I've been saying them so often. 89.7 points wow. per 100 possession allowed on defense since the all-star break. That's insanely good. That's insanely good. Uh, they have, they have reclaimed the top spot in defensive rating, uh, which is something they really, really wanted to do. And just those three guards. I mean, I, I, there's not a better perimeter defense in the league. And I don't think it's even questionable at this point. No. And I mean, when Washington was sitting at number two in defensive rating, Natasha Cloud said it, we want to be number one. So when you have that in front of you as an incentive, like we want to be the best defensively. So now not only are you holding yourself accountable to that, you're holding your teammates Mm -hmm. accountable to that as well and being very communicative. But you, you know, the other day in practice, you saw um, Natasha Cloud with the whiteboard, Mm -hmm. you know, working on some things. And I'm sure it was defensive. I mean, who knows what it was, but um, you know, there's just that that on a string mentality on the defensive end that Washington has certainly taken a tremendous amount of pride with. And when you have players like an Ariel Atkins, who's receiving her Olympic ring on Sunday, I think oh, yeah. it would be really fun to see prior to the jump ball. So that'll be another celebratory moment this weekend for the Mystics. But I think, you know, she was on that Olympic team too because of her defensive skills. Mm-hmm. And obviously she could shoot the lights out from three and now she's gotten you know the other two levels more consistent Mm -hmm. and I just think um just to have players like that who are continuing to evolve continuing to add things to their game but number one taking pride in the defensive end like that's not a a have to like oh we have to play deep that's a want to and the mystics have shown that they have wanted to play defense from day one from media day they said this team is going to be a tremendous defensive squad and they took that to heart from day one. And that's why they're number one right now, almost midway through the second half of the season. So when you have pride in the defensive end, great things happen for you. And I think with health and Elena Deladon being on the floor for this playoff push for Washington, I mean, they're going to be a dangerous team. And I think they're a dark horse to win the whole thing yeah. because of that, because of that pride they've taken on the defensive side of things. Um, they do a tremendous job taking people off the three-point line. I think they hold opponents so under 33% from there. They did mm-hmm. prior to the New York game. And it may have gone down a little bit because New York didn't shoot it well in that contest. So, I mean, this is a team that, that knows the game plan. And yeah. they know what they need to do to be disruptive. And I like to call their guards, like, their turnstiles. Like, you can't go straight to the rim. Yeah. Like, you're going to have to go through several different layers of, of turnstile defense for Washington because they're going to be right there. You're not going to have any straight line attacks to the basket yeah you're gonna need a they they create a disney line as i like to say you have to go (laughs) have to go around 
No, I think it's a team-wide commitment. I mean, you know, you look at Atlanta Deldon, Atlanta Deldon's been much better defensively this year. And, and, and yeah. because of her her new body habits, she's been able to get up more. She's been able to defend more in space. Shakira right. Austin has been a revelation. Elizabeth Williams has been unbelievable at times this year, um, especially yeah. lately. She's been awesome. Uh, and yeah. obviously, my Shines Island, Shatori Walker-Kimber, all those people can play defense. I also want to shout out Eric T. Bone, Latoya Sanders, who the coaches who I would – I mean, I, I don't know how she I think Shelly Patterson's more of an offensive focus coach from everything we've heard. Everyone's ever all hands on deck, as I mentioned. But uh, Eric Tebow and Latoya Sanders, I know, are very, very hands on with the defense, getting the team ready and getting the team to get the analytics and everything to play a good strategy on defense, along with all of that want to all of that desire, all of that energy and effort. It's it's uh, pushed in a very smart direction. And so. You know, you look at this team and the reason why they've gotten so much better is because of those three guards coming right. together, but it's also because of everyone else improving around them and creating a strategy around them. And I don't, we absolutely have to mention Seattle Storm, the Seattle Storm's defense, one, mm -hmm. because it's been awesome. Two, it hasn't been quite as awesome recently. Now, why is that? So they're, they're at a 96.5 uh, defensive rating in the, and since the All-Star break. Before mm -hmm. the All-Star break, or at least... Oh, wait, let me do it like this. I forgot. I could do this on WNBA.com. For the All-Star break, they're at 94.4. Small change. Right. But a significant one. Why is that happening? Well, remember when we were talking about Tina Charles? And we were talking about how she uh, can't take minutes away from Ezzy Magdeport. Well, uh, as it turns out, Tina yeah. Charles has started, believe, the last four games, and it's taken away a ton of minutes from Ezzy Magdeport, and defense has gotten worse. And I don't know why. I don't know why. They're three and two since since the All Star break. I don't know why this is happening. Um, I, I, if anyone has any explanations, let me know. But what, what do you think about the uh, that little roster change there affecting the defense? Yeah. Didn't I tell you? Didn't I yeah, tell you, you that? You did. What I tell you, Gabe? Let's re recap for people who don't know. Uh, you told me that sometimes when you add someone uh, to a team. It could mess up what you already have, uh, especially when that person may be asking for minutes. My yeah. retort to this was super dropping all her rings on the table and saying, if you want one of these, you have to do what we tell you. Uh, I'm not sure if that conversation has happened yet, uh, but or or maybe not everyone thinks like Pat Riley and I do. Uh, well. But uh, I think this is a issue and I don't want to be unfair to Tina. She has been strong offensively but she takes away a lot defensively. And I think the defense is what made this team special so far this year. Well, when you have Ezzie Magbagor protecting the rim and blocking shots, mm. that helps your team's defense. Yes. Um, I think, with, and, and not that Tina can't block a shot here, or there, but it's different when Ezzie Magbagor is back there and her length and athleticism and timing and anticipation and rotations when she has gotten that great rhythm going. I mean, she's mm -hmm. a young player, right? She's gotten that good rhythm under her belt all season long. And what I also said was, yeah, the rhythm's gonna be thrown off when you add new players who want these minutes and uh, likened it to Allen Iverson, you know, mm -hmm. saying, you know, what MVP do you know comes off the bench? Okay, so now you have a former MVP who's starting in place of a young player who was playing at a career best clip and defensive leading player the of the year, defensive player of the year clip yeah. Yeah. and, and leading the league in block shots. But now she's not. 
Um, I think, you know, in the last couple of games, she played like 14 minutes and didn't have a block shot in like two consecutive games. That's not like her. Okay, so she needs those minutes back. She needs those minutes to be that rim protector that Seattle needs. And then maybe they don't lose to Phoenix. No. It, it's just, I get it though. I, so I do, I, I want to make it seem like, you know, no, Quinn has no idea what she's doing. I kind oh, of understand no. it no, because it. They, they have to play Gabby Williams to a certain extent because she's one of their best perimeter defenders. Um, yeah. And, you know, you could, you could put in Brianne January or Gabby Williams, you're going to have the same problem in terms of that player is not going to be offensive minded and that player, and at a certain extent you need, you can't have, Two player, it's hard to have two players that don't do much offensively, and that's what was happening with Gabby and Ezzy. And then they picked up Tina, and Tina can do so much offensively that takes a lot off the table. And Tina is rebounding the, the on the defensive glass very well, and she had four blocks. She does. It's just they had such a great thing going with their blitzing defense, and Thank to you. do that on both ends of the court, well, because teams reverse the ball, right? So if you're gonna do it, if you're gonna be able to do that on the strong side, you gotta be able to do it on the weak side too. The way you're able to do that is with two defenders in Brianna Stewart and Ezzy Magvigor doing Ehler job. And I think right now, Seattle is trying to do a little bit of that with Tina Charles. And Tina, we we praised her defense last year. Her defense has gotten better. I don't think it's an effort thing. I just don't. She's not talented enough on the perimeter defensively to do what Seattle wants wants her to do. And I think that's why it's affecting their defense. That's why I'm so concerned about it. Um, but I, 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 I do understand the theory of it. So maybe this is just like an experiment to see, okay, how can we, how can we get enough defense from Tina that it makes sense to do this type, to do this lineup because it's so much better offensively. I understand that. Right. I just, I'm just a little concerned. A little concerned. <laughs> no, I I'm very concerned with it because, uh, you know, as soon as Tina went there, I was like, yeah, okay, whose minutes is she going to get? And it's going to be Ezzy Magbogor's minutes. And I was like, I don't like that <laughs> because of what she's been able to accomplish this season and, and, and what the team looks like with Ezzy Magbogor on the court. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I'm concerned as well. And I love Tina, like and what she can do. She can flat out score. She's had some incredible games in this stretch where she's been starting games for the Storm. But I don't think it should be at the expense of the continued growth of a young baller in Magbagor. I, I think she's more than ready. I think that's, it, it has disrupted her, her learning curve, if no. you will, in game experience and game minutes. And which do you sacrifice, right? Which do you sacrifice the offense or the defense? I mean, for me, I don't know. I mean, that, that could be split right down the middle, but I mean, I think it depends on the matchup it depends on the matchup but i'm thinking you know if i'm the well quinn and i love knowing that's mm-hmm. my girl but if i am brilliant Noah, brilliant I, basketball she, i love her and i know she's probably in a in a tough place because it's hard to decide and it is about matchups but it's tough to decide what the team needs today right. is it do we need an offensive uh, juggernaut where we can just go through first second third options and, and get her going, okay, right. and, and in a rhythm offensively and staying consistent and sustain that through a whole game? Or do we need a defensive juggernaut who's going to come in and be a stalwart on that end, protect the rim for us, rotate 
with great anticipation without fouling and get us the stops that we need to go down and have other scorers score the ball. Yeah. Brianna Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I, I it's, it's, it is tough. I think, you know, and the other thing is you can't, or I don't know if you can, mm-hmm. can you tell someone you're starting today or you're not starting tomorrow? Cause I feel like play, players get really touchy about that. And I think as a coach, you'd rather them just be like, you know, and the Mystics actually have a, a great situation going on. And so like my shine out Heinz Allen has been fine with the role she's been given. She could really throw a monkey wrench in the season. If she said, I want, I need to start. Right. So can she do that with this group of people? Can she say, Hey, as today, you're not starting, but tomorrow you are. And, and maybe this happens this weekend in, in Washington to bring it back to what we were originally talking about. Like, this weekend in Washington's huge for the storm as well to figure out that dynamic, especially right. if you're looking ahead and you're saying, well, this is the team we're most likely going to face because it mm-hmm. is right now. And if you look at the standings, this is the team we're most likely going to face in the playoffs. Why can't we try out both things in these games? Right. So maybe that's what, maybe there's an experiment to be had here. I just don't know if she can, if she can go to team Charles and say, Hey, you know, you're going to be on the bench today as he's starting just to get a different look or, you know, as he's going to play 25 minutes, you're only playing 20 minutes. I don't know. And that, yeah. that is something you said when this first happened. And I was like, well, you know what? You gotta have to, it kind of have to bully people into doing the right thing. Uh, I guess that hasn't happened yet. Maybe it does. Maybe it happens this weekend, but it is a little concerning and we'll, we'll see if it's the right choice, right? We're not going to know until the end of the season. Right. But you better be able to go to your players and say, look, you're starting yeah. today and not tomorrow. And they better buy in and you better be okay with it for the big picture. And you better put the team before yourself, period. And if you can't do that, man, then maybe this game isn't for you. Cause that's what well, it's about. Go what play for the, the fever. Need? But what, look, but what does the team need? Yeah. Right. If I'm a player, I, I want to be in at the end more than I want to be in at the beginning. Truth be told, Hey, don't start me end me leave me on the floor because I have played to a a certain level where you can't do without me to close the game. If you Mm -hmm. want to win it, put me in at the end. I don't care who starts. And that's me as a player. I don't care. Don't start me. Like I'm not going to pout by the water uh, cooler and sit there and look at my parents. Like, Oh my God, they're not starting me. Like, I don't have time for that. I want to win. If I get an opportunity to go in, guess what? I'm cracking foreheads while I'm out there. I'm going hard. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do the best I can. Am I going to be error-free? Probably not. But I'm going to do more pluses than minuses, as we were talking about before. And in the last four minutes of that game, guess who's going to be in? Me. And whoever you started in my position, where are they going to be? Out. Okay, so I'm fine with that. <laughs> and I think you have to have, as a player, you have to have that mentality. Mm-hmm. Like uh, my ego isn't to the level of I have to start yeah. for what you want to start. Cause you want to go out there when the music's on, like don't, 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 don't. You want to walk out there and yeah. be the, be the guy. But like, come on, look, if you can't be in the game at the end, then it doesn't matter who starts the game period. Like, and, you, and their egos can't be that soft to be able to tell somebody that and they go and pout somewhere about it. You're a grown pro. You're yeah. a grown pro. So be a grown pro, do your job and be in the game when it matters at the end of the game and close it out and stop whining. I can't, I just, I don't know. I, I don't like that. There's, yeah. I mean, Clearly. I think there's also like a trust issue here. Cause I, you know, obviously to, to, 
like you, but you want to be in why? Because you thought you could help the team win, right? Help the team. And Tina and Tina does too. This isn't that this is why Tina thinks I need to be in the game because I want to win. And if I'm not in the game, that means I were not, I'm not helping the team win. And there's someone in there that I don't think is as good as me. Like that's, that's why she would be upset. So I think it's a matter of trust and respect. I mean, look, anything, right. Like a good basketball team is like a good, is like a good family. You know, there's trust and respect. Um, And I think it, it, it is, it would be tough to, you know, create uh, enough trust between you and this new player in, in the time that they have. If that player didn't come in with this, with the mentality that you had. Um, but it, I think it, it really, this really does seem to me though, to be a basketball decision of we needed more offense and, you know, we can sacrifice the person we can sacrifice most on the offensive end is Ezzy and we can make up enough of it on defense. I think that's their mentality. And, you know, they, they did lose that game against Phoenix, but really we're going to find out this weekend. And that's why y'all need to watch. Uh, that's right. You need to watch. And you're going to see uh, Christy Winter Scott, the Hall of Famer, the newly minted on Sunday. Oh my gosh, I'll have sweat beads popping off my head because I'll be running back over there, but I'll be there. <laughs> Wait, do, you need a fill, do you need a fill-in? Before? I may, you know, sit right there behind Megan McPeak and just in case. I could talk like you. We've talked enough that people won't even notice. <laughs> We'll, just put, we'll put a cutout. We'll put a cutout of you in front of me for all the TV shots. I'll say everything that Christy says. And put a back end up. Yeah. Like, uh, then you'll be behind it. But that's it. Talking like Christy. <laughs> I love it. As long as you like elbow Megan on, oh, yeah. on threes and great blocks, and then, you know, she'll feel right at home. I lean <laughs> probably. That's no, my girl. <laughs> uh, that's all, that's all I got, Christy. So, whatever. Yeah. I don't think we have anything else right now. No. Oh my gosh. This has been a fun one. Hey, listen, we don't have to go home. We got to get up out of here. Mm-hmm. They cut the lights out on us again, Gabe. I but forget. look, we have, a, we have a great weekend of hoops ahead here in DC with Seattle coming down for back to back. Oh my God. That's going to be fun. So thank you guys for joining us today on Courtside with Christy and Gabe right here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I'm going to go get some popcorn and have a little cranberry with some lime, and we'll see you next time. That's what a Hall of Famer would do, people. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate, not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.